Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Cool. So why is vision important? Why do we push pause and why do we look at it? Well, it's simple. This is what the Bible says, and this is Proverbs 29, verse 18, and this is the message of paraphrase of, of this particular uh, chapter and verse. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, and we don't want that for you. We want you to be able to see what it is that God has been doing, okay? And, and it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed, and so when we attend to what God reveals, in other words, what God is showing us, and this is, a, this is a, a going forward kind of verbiage, right? This is a moving forward. It's a looking down the road. It's what he's revealing to us. He wouldn't have to reveal something that we already know, amen? And so what God is revealing to us, when we attend to that, when we get on board for that, that's where we find that we are the most blessed, Okay. And that's where I want you all to be. I want you to be in a place where you are most blessed. And so here's what's going to happen today. Uh, the first part of service, um, we're going to tell you a little bit about where we've been this year, and then we're going to wrap up and tell you where we're going to go in 2017. I'm going to share a little bit of vision with you about what God has for you. And then today, uh, at the end of service, now not after service, okay, listen, listen carefully, all right? We celebrate as a church what we're going to do today is baptisms at the end of our service. So we'll bring some of the older kids in here, and they'll celebrate with us. But I, I want to say there's, is there like 13 or 14? Who's got an official number on that? 14 people that are saying yes to Jesus and getting baptized today. Has anybody got a number on that? Is that right? Is that, I'm looking for people. What's that? I think that's right. 14 people are saying yes to Jesus. So we're going to baptize them right here at the end of service. For those of you that are getting baptized, I will let you know when it's your time to stand up and head out into the foyer to prepare for that. Amen? Uh, but, uh, but we want you to know where we're going, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. Now, we did have a video that was prepared for you, but we have that talked to you. My wife and I sat down, and we, had, we went through our entire year and cataloged everything that we've done as a church as far as how many people have said yes to Jesus, as far as the outreaches that we've done and the impact we were able to make. And guess what? Can't get that stinking video to play this morning. I don't know what's going on. We've been having tech issues the last couple weeks, and I thought it was going to be fixed this past Thursday, so my apologies. But here's what we will do. That video will be posted on our Facebook page. I'm asking you to please make sure you take an opportunity to watch it. Why? Well, because we need to celebrate what God's done. And as you watch it, would you take, take just a moment wherever you are, whatever you're doing, unless you're driving and watching it, please don't do that, but to celebrate. Would you close your eyes and just thank God for what he's done, uh, especially, especially uh, in this year? But uh, one of the things that, that we realized after we filmed the video that I can share with you, and it's really amazing to me, is that this church right here, when you look around, we have two services, about 150 people that call Simple Church their home. Uh, this, this church was able to give away $9,000 in addition to the $9,000 that we sent to El Salvador to, be, to build the feeding center this year. So 18000 over $18,000, this church gave away this year to missionaries and to outreach programs that are here local and throughout the world. And I just think that is incredible, and I think that's something we're celebrating and sharing with you guys today. $18,000, that was a huge chunk of money for us to do. And, uh, and, I, and I just love being a part of a church that is generous that way and, and gives because we had to work hard to raise that $9,000 this summer to go down to El Salvador. And we all pulled together and we did it. 
And then, of course, we're doing our turkey drive today. Now, here's a surprise. I don't know if you guys saw this. How many of you guys saw NBC4 on your way in this morning? Yeah, somehow they caught wind of, of the turkey drive that we were doing today. Our goal was to help 300 families be able to get some turkeys for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and the news caught wind of it, showed up this morning and, and interviewed uh, April. Our, our, uh, and uh, and that, I, that just blows my mind. They said, hey, the news is here. I was like, oh, God, what do we do now? <laughs> so are the police behind them, are they coming? And they said, no, it's a good thing. So we, we're doing that today. If you didn't bring a turkey today... Um, we, we'll be collecting them up until 1 p.m. Can somebody verify that for me? I think it's 1 p.m. So uh, you'd have to hustle down to Kroger and get yourself one. But if you let somebody know, we'll make sure that we collect it for you and get it over to the Heart Food Pantry, which is collecting them and will distribute them for us. In addition to that, the rest of the year, we're going to serve at Christmas on the Town right here in Reynoldsburg, and we're also going to partner with the city once again to do Breakfast with Santa. This will be our third year doing that, and uh, we have a great time serving our community. We make them breakfast, and we serve them breakfast uh, at this one in particular event, and, and yesterday I was, uh, I was standing with the Parks and Recs director yesterday. Her name is Donna, and we were talking about this particular event, and I said, Donna, you, you understand that if some other church ever wants to step in and they want to serve alongside of us or serve instead of us, I said, we're not, we're not one of those people that's going to be upset, right? We're not going to be mad at you because you let somebody else come. This is not our turf. I said, this is our city, and we want to serve our city. And so if another church wants to join us, you understand we want them to do that. We want them to be a part of whatever it is you're doing. She said, oh, she said, Aaron, we understand that. We're thankful for that heart that you have. She said, but you need to understand that we call all the churches every time we're doing, we're doing events and nobody shows up. She said, I can't even get my own church to show up. So that, look, let me just tell you, this is, this is what she said. Our community, she said, Reynoldsburg is blessed because Simple Church is here. And so I, I think that's something worth celebrating, right? I think that's awesome. I love being, yeah, come on. You, that's all right. Give it up. That's awesome for you guys. That is the kind of impact you are making as a church when we go out and serve this community. And man, if you're not a part of it, you need to be a part of it. And if you no, no, don't want to be a part of it here, you need to be a part of it somewhere. Go be a part of a church somewhere and make a difference in your community, Okay. So we'll do breakfast with Santa, and then uh, we'll wrap up our year. No services Christmas Day. That's the 25th. And typically, we do a Christmas Eve service. That would be the 24th. Now, this year, that falls on a Saturday, and our planning committee, we're talking about it. I said, I think people are going to be traveling this year, and I think they would be more thankful for a Christmas Eve service that they could actually attend, which we decided would be Thursday. And that's not Christmas Eve at all. That's actually the 22nd. So it makes it Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. I think that's right. Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. It's times three, whatever that is, okay? So there's three eves there. So we're going to have our Christmas Eve service here on the 22nd at 7 o'clock. Now, let me tell you something. Why is that important? Why am I sharing that with you? Well, do you know there's, there, people typically attend church two times a year? Do you know what they are? Easter and Christmas. That's right. Easter and Christmas are the two times that people tend to attend church. So I'm telling you this so that you can invite your friends to come. You get them here, we'll get them introduced to Jesus, and that'll be the point that I believe changes everything in their life, amen? So let's, let's show up Christmas Eve, and let's have an incredible time uh, celebrating what Jesus, or the, the life of Jesus as he's come, okay? And that's how we're gonna wrap up 2016, and, uh, and I'm really thankful for it. Again, that video will be posted so that you guys can see it. I, I've tried to, for a service, to remember some of the things that we've done, but I just, I just can't. We're a really busy, active church, man. We're out there making a difference from the parade that we do to, the, to the, the, East, the stuff that we serve the community throughout Easter and all the different outreaches we've done, serving the homeless community, serving, serving all these people in the city. 
It's just, it's just incredible to me. Our partnerships really make a difference. And so watch that video. Celebrate what God has done in 2016 with us. Now, it's important to know where we've been, but it's also important to know where we are going. And so the question is, where are we going? Well, I'll be, be point blank with you. It's really simple. We like to do that around here. This is simple church after all, right? Where are we going? Well, we're going after the heart of God. So we need to identify what is the heart of God. And let me, let me clarify it for you with one scripture. It's Luke 14, 23. This is Jesus, and he's talking in a parable, and he's speaking about what's important to God. So a parable is a story. He's telling a story to kind of help the people understand God's heart. And he says, this is God speaking. He says, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house may be full. God's desire is that his house would be full, that his table, that he has spread, that he has prepared a banquet, he wants all of heaven to be full. He wants that table to be full. And he's saying, go out there and urge people to come in. I want my house full. Now, most of us, we think about a full auditorium. We think about this auditorium full times two, which is our early morning service and our 11 o'clock service. And that makes us a little uncomfortable. It makes us a little uncomfortable because you're like, well, Aaron, if this place was full, where am I going to put my purse? Because my purse sits on the seat next to me. And then when it's wintertime, my jacket sits on the seat next to me here. And some of you are like, Aaron, but I can stretch out. This entire front row is open for you if you'd like to take a nap right here. But that hurts my feelings when you do that, so don't do that. We don't like it full. How many of you all have ever gone to a movie theater and it's just been completely empty? It's just you. You, were you going to see Star Trek? Is that what you were doing? <laughs> Just, oh, boo. It happened first service, too. I got booed first service. That's all right. <clears throat> Y'all know who you are, and you're not ashamed. But you go into that movie theater, and it's like wide open. You like brag to people. I was the only one in the theater today. I got to sit anywhere I wanted. I moved every five minutes and sat in another seat because some of us just like cold seats. I spread out across the seat. I lay down and I watched the thing. We love that. Unfortunately, that's not God's plan for his house. He doesn't want a big empty theater. He wants his house full. And so how do we do that? How do we fill his house? Well, it's really simple. He says to invite people. Compel them to come is another translation. This one says urge them to come, but he said compel them to come. You know what that means? Blackmail them. Get them here. You want me to watch your kid this Friday night? I'll do it. I don't want no money, but you come to church with me on Sunday. You want to go out to eat with me? Let's go out after Sunday. We'll go to church together and we can go out to eat. I'll buy. Would you like a discount on that, sir? 10% off if you come to church with me on Sunday. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Compel them to come. Urge them to come. Invite your friends. I've invited them before. Invite them again. Invite them again. Invite people to come. Let's fill God's house. Let's go after his heart. Let's be about what he's about. You say, well, Aaron, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure that that's what God's heart is all about. Isn't he just about his church? and his? Yes, of course he is, but let me tell you what he's more concerned about. When you look at Luke 15, there are three stories that Jesus told about the heart of God. And here they are. There was a story of a lost sheep. There's 100 sheep, and one of them wanders away. And it says that the shepherd abandoned the 99 that were found to go after the lost. Then he told a story of a woman with five coins. She loses one. She loses that one coin, and she loses her ever-loving mind. She sweeps the whole house clean, not even celebrating the fact that she still has four coins and to find that one coin. Jesus tells a third story. He tells a parable about a son. There's a father who has two sons, and one of his sons says, Dad, I'm taking off. I'm leaving you. And then the story, 
The one son that the father is worried about is not the son that he has with him. It's the son who left. God's heart is about the lost. It is for them. He wants his lost kids to come into his house. And so we, as a church, a simple church, we are organized around that. Our services are set up for the lost. We're in a warehouse for crying out loud. There's no steeple on our building. We have no stained glass. We've got bay doors. We're not trying to be traditional because there's some people that push against tradition. They think they're going to burst into flames if they walk into a church that has carpet. So I didn't even bother putting down carpet. You know what I'm saying? That bright red carpet and then bright red pews. Give me black, give me black chairs and cement. People will come to a church like that. We want that. We want them to come. We want to remove those roadblocks from people coming. Everything that we do here is structured that way. Even the way that I talk, even the way that I preach is intentionally done in a very simple way. We want to do things that God has commanded us to do in a very simple way that we can understand it because it doesn't need to be complicated. We don't have to use big words like doxology and all these things. Like, I don't even know what that means, honestly. I do. I'm just kidding. We don't have to use big words like that. We can make it simple. And we do so because the people that are far from God can't understand these big Christian words that we use. So we want to get people here. Now, it's important that we understand once we get them here, that's not enough. we got to do something once we get them here. And so we've learned this year. I'm just going to be honest with you, transparent. I've been doing that a lot lately. It's not really comfortable for me. I never said when I started out to plant this church three years ago that I knew what I was doing. In fact, that's what, that's what Tim, our Connect pastor, likes about me. He said, you know what I like you? He said, you have no idea what you're doing. And I said, nope, I don't. I really don't. I'm just following Jesus, man. I'm just following Jesus. I learn as I go. God doesn't always call those that are qualified. He qualifies those that are called. He'll equip you along the way if you'll just say yes and go. And so we've been doing this for three years. And we've learned a little bit about, about how to love people and what to do once we get them here. And this year, we kind of learned something that stung a little bit about ourselves. That people would come. They love our church. The people are friendly. They love the atmosphere. They like that it's non-traditional. They like that you can dress how you want. They love the worship. They think the pastor's so handsome and he can preach and he's so modest. But they leave. Our history shows that we've had over 400 people say yes to Jesus. And yet our church remains at a size of about 150. Where are they? They leave because of this one thing. They love the atmosphere. They love the people. It's awesome. They leave because they don't feel like we need them. And we've had to be really honest with ourselves. We're a church, one of our core values is evaluate everything here. Y'all, you ever thrown spaghetti on the wall? Some of it sticks and some of it doesn't. That's what we do around here. We throw spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks and what it does and what doesn't. And then we evaluate. We go, all right, that worked and that didn't. We're okay with that. We're okay with not having it all together, not knowing how it goes. And so we've been evaluating our process as a church, and this is part of where we're going in 2017, because once we get God's lost kids here, what are we going to do with them? How are we going to bridge that gap to make them feel like they're wanted, to feel like they're needed? Because people want to feel needed. They want to be a part of something where they can make a difference, and we, unfortunately, have made them feel like they're not. We say, well, we've always done it this way, or I've always done these four things. We had a leadership meeting the other day, and one of our leaders confessed, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And I'm like, that's too much. we got people hanging out in our church not doing anything. What can you get off your plate? Who can you involve? How can you make them feel needed and a part of what we're doing? We have to shift gears. 
so that people feel like we want them, like we need them because we do. God certainly does. We want them to be a part of our church. So we went to work on how to fix that. And we decided that one of the things that we can do as we're evaluating this process is to make it very, very clear what it is that God wants. And so we wrote a vision statement. We said, as a church, we're going to reach people that are far from God and teach them how to follow Jesus step by step. That's our vision statement. We put it up on the wall. People were still leaving. <laughs> we said, okay, well, we got to figure out how to, we got the vision statement up there. We're talking about it. But that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough because we needed to clarify what it is we believe because we knew what God wanted and that was people, but we didn't understand or didn't make clear what it is that God wanted for those people once we brought them here. Does that make sense? God wants you here, but what does he want for you when you come here? And so we decided to clarify a little bit. We, we decided to clarify things. And I'm going to say this to you because we do have, we do have a, a spiritual journey that we believe that everybody should be on, and I'm going to say what it's been for us as a church since day one, and I, and, and, and I want to see how many people have actually ever heard this before. Have you ever heard us say, connect, grow, serve? If you've ever heard me say that, shoot your hand up. All right, so there's just a few of you. And it's not everybody. But we believe that's the spiritual journey. You come to church on Sunday mornings, you connect with God. You get into a grow group. You grow with other people. And then you serve because we believe you look most like Jesus when you're serving, right? But we've done a horrible job of talking about that. We said, well, we need to start talking about it more. Great. Is what we're saying, connect, grow, serve, is this something that people that are far from God can understand? And we decided, no, it's really not. And we understand it. You know, if you have to explain it to somebody, it's not simple enough, right? It's like telling somebody a joke. It's not near as funny when you have to explain it. And so we thought, we, we need to redefine it. We can stay organized in the same things, the same things that are important to us, but we need to redefine it. So here's how we've redefined it. And if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down because this, these four things are what our church is going to be organized around. And I'll explain them briefly, but you're going to hear them a lot lately. If Simple Church is going to be your home, you're going to hear this because this is the journey. This is the journey that God wants for every single one of his people. And you'll find it through scripture over and over and over again. These four things. It doesn't matter to me if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Lutheran, Methodist. It doesn't matter what you believe. I'm, I'm sure they would all agree with me. These are the four things that God wants for you. Doesn't matter where, what your background is. Here we go. The very first thing I believe God wants for you as you read through scripture is for you to know God. Know God. This is the same of what we call our connect, right? It's that Sunday morning, we're coming to service, and we get to know God. We believe that's the first step in your spiritual journey is because everything else after it hinges on this. You have to come to know God. The problem is, as a church, what we tend to do is when people come to our churches, we hand them a bunch of rules, and we say, know these rules, you need to dress this way, you need to talk this way, you need to walk this way, you need to look this way. This is how you need to be. And we hand them a bunch of rules, and what we're handing them is religion. But this is not what God wants for people. He wants you to know him, and not know him in the way that I know Barack Obama is the president. I mean know him as, as I know my wife, intimately, in a way that, that he knows us and we know him. This is what he wants for us. We have to know God. Our entire journey hinges upon this. Because as you know God, as you come to know him, you'll come to love him. And Jesus said these rules, these things that all the churches have all been out of shape about. Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll obey me. We never give people a chance to get to that love Jesus part because we give them a bunch of rules. We don't even give them an opportunity to know him. 
So we're going to do that, man. We're going to be a church that's organized around giving people the opportunity to know God. I'm not worried about you being cleaned up. I'm not worried about you looking a certain way, talking a certain way, having everything together. I want you to know God. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will deal with you and clean you up and, t- and take care of your life and help you understand how you need to be walking. Amen? It's all right. I'll be up here shouting by myself. I'm okay. I'm, get- I'm excited about this. Y'all will get there. I promise you. Once you see it, look, this is Vision Sunday. I understand it's going to be like drinking from a fire hose today. And I- I'm probably talking like I've had way too much coffee, which is an absolute fact. However, I am jazzed about where God has taken us, man. I am pumped. And I cannot wait for you to be on board for it. So don't feel like your silence is intimidating me. It's not. I promise you. We get to the end of this today and we start taking these steps together. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. And you're going you're to enjoy it. And then you're going to invite other people to it. Second thing that God wants for you on this journey is for you to find freedom. Find freedom. You say freedom from what? Well, truth is, is that you and I, before we knew God, were doing things our own way. We're following after our own selfish desires. And the Bible says that when we do things that are contrary to his way, the God's way of doing things, when we do it our own way, we miss the mark of his best for our lives because he has the best for us. He has a plan for us. And he has a way he wants us to live our lives. And when we miss that, it's called sin. Don't get hung up on that word. That's just what it is. When we live our lives contrary to God's ways for us, it's just called sin. We all have sin. Let me make it clear for you. Just because I'm standing up here does not mean that I'm exempt from the verse, from the verse in the Bible that says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've, we're all sinners. So whether you're here today and you know Jesus or not, let me level the playing field for you and let you know that we're all sinners. Everybody feeling a little comfortable now? A little more comfortable with that word, Sin. And because we sin, we get tangled in so much. The Bible says to free yourself from the sin that so easily entangles you. Because it gets, it gets wrapped up in your life. It gets wrapped up in your heart. And when it begins to affect your heart, it begins to affect your thinking. And then it begins to affect what you do and how you live your life. You'll make a mess of your relationships. You'll make a mess of your finances. You'll make a mess of everything. Because of your sin. And God says, I want you to find freedom from that. And the way to find freedom is, is what we've always said, is to get into a grow group. Why? Because then you get connected with people, and you start walking with them and living this life with them, and you learn how to follow Jesus more closely. You learn how to unentangle yourself in some of those selfish ways that you're living. You learn how to live out what the scriptures talk about, how to handle your relationships, how to handle your finances, how to handle yourself, your thoughts, your sexuality, because Jesus is going to put his finger on all of it. Every part of you. If Jesus is Lord, that means he's Lord of all of it. Every part of your life. And we surrender to that lordship. But he wants us to find freedom. Because we get tangled up in so much stuff that just messes us up. You walk with other believers, you'll find that freedom. The third thing he wants for you is to discover purpose. Discover purpose. There's two, two days on, on this uh, for you that are the two greatest days uh, on this earth for you. Two greatest days. The first day was the day you were born, and the second greatest day for you was the day you discovered why you were born. There is God has a purpose and a plan for your life. We want to help you discover that, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit how you do that here in just a moment. The fourth thing God would like you to do is, is to, on your spiritual journey, is that once you've discovered your purpose, once you've, you know him, once you find, you're on your way to finding freedom, you discover why he has you here and his plan for your life, he wants you to use that all to begin making a difference in other people's lives. That's the fourth thing he wants for you, is to make a difference. 
make a difference. It means you are doing things that are outside of yourself. You are doing things for other people to serve them. This is making a difference in somebody's, somebody else's life. And so these four things are what we're going to organize ourselves around as a church. This is where we're going in 2017. We're going to talk about these things a lot from here on out, making all of our focus, everything that we do on these four things. Because all through Scripture, this is what God wants for his people. This is the spiritual journey that he has for us. Now, it's great to identify these things. It's great to know these things and to have vision. But vision, vision doesn't accomplish anything without having a system to deliver it. What does that mean? Well, unless you've got an easy and obvious or intentional way for people to get connected to the vision, they're never gonna see it happen in their life. They're never gonna know God. They're never gonna find freedom. They're never gonna discover their purpose and they're never gonna make a difference. And so we looked at our system and we said, we, we really don't have a great system. We need to put a system in place. So here's what we've got. We're modeling something we learned from another church who is doing this really, really well and it's something we're gonna call growth track. Growth track, you'll hear that a lot. What is growth track? It's four Sundays. If you'll give me four Sundays, I will teach you how you can know God. I will teach you how you can find freedom, how you can discover your purpose and make a difference. And we're gonna do it every single Sunday. It's four sessions every Sunday right here. And guess what? It's even during second service. So you can attend first service and go right into second service. You say, but I've got kids. That's okay. Our kids ministry is open both services. We'll keep them first service and we'll keep them second service so that you can attend. And we have them in four easy, simple steps. It's easy for people to understand how to get involved. See, we want them to feel needed. We want them to feel wanted. And this is how we're going to do it. We have this system in place that they can easily get on board with what God is doing here in our lives. They can easily get on board with that spiritual journey that we have for them. How? Go to Growth Track. Go to Growth Track. Step one is on the first Sunday of the month. Step two is on the second Sunday of the month. Easy, huh? Step three is on the third Sunday of the month. And guess when step four is? That's it. Aha! It's the fourth Sunday of the month. And in Growth Track, I promise you, if you give me that time, you will discover the full and fulfilled life that Jesus wants for you. If you give me that time, now we're going to launch Growth Track starting January 1st. That's the very first Sunday. It's January 1. We're going to kick off in 2017 with this Growth Track during second service. And I would love to see so many of you there. What you don't know is that Growth Track is already running. In fact, it's happening right now during second service. I've asked all my leadership to go through it, to preview it, to make it good, to make it better, so that when you get there, you, want it, you can enjoy it fully. In fact, if you are interested in taking a preview of it during the month of November or December, talk to me or Tim, our Connect pastor, and we'll get you in there in what we're calling our soft launch of it. If you come January, I would love for you all to go through it. You say, well, I've been here for three years. Yeah, you're the one I want to go through it. I've just been here a week. You're the one I want to go through it. Every single one of us, I want us to go through it so that we can experience what God has for us, that spiritual journey. We want people to know that we need them. We want them to know that we want them. And you can jump into Growth Track at any place that you want to, whether it's the first Sunday or second Sunday, step one, step two, step three, or four. It doesn't matter. You can jump in at any of them and take them in any order that you want. But I need you to see where we're going. And I want you to understand that this is our time. This is where God's blessing is going to be found for Simple Church. That when we see clearly, when he's revealed, as he's revealing it, if we get on board for his heart for lost people, and if we'll get on board for what his heart wants for people, which is for them to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We need to get on board for that. And as we do this, we, we realize that this is an incredible opportunity for us. 
It's an incredible season for us. Look at Ephesians 5.15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, the word opportunity in this verse, uh, you need to know the New Testament's translated from the Greek, so that means it was originally written in another language, and we've translated it over. And this word opportunity is, is, represents time. And the Greek have two words uh, that they use for time, chronos, which if you look at your watch right now, this moment in time is chronos. It means this specific moment. But there's another word that is kairos. That means an opportune or supreme moment. This is a period of time. And why is God giving us this period of time, this supreme or opportune moment? Well, he's given it to us because the days are evil. That's what this verse says. Let me read the verse backwards for you, and I think you'll, you'll see it a little better. It says, because the days are evil, God is giving the church a favorable moment that we will have to be wise in in order to make a difference. Oh, that, that, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? See, what you need to understand is that God's way to answer the hopelessness in this world is his church. That's you and me. And we are among some evil times. If you don't agree with me, look at the news. We are a nation divided. Divided by what? Divided by an election, divided by race, divided by sexuality, divided by all kinds of things. We are at war with each other. Whether it's a declared war like the Iraq war or Vietnam war or not, it doesn't matter. We are at war. I'm watching videos of people being beaten because of who they voted for in an election. Now, I'm not trying to be on one side or the other of that. Don't put me there. That's not what, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to tell you that we are in the middle of some evil times, folks. There was a drive-by shooting not two weeks ago down the road from my house here in Reynoldsburg. It's here too. I mean, here's my street. And there's a little offshoot road down the road from my house. That's where it happened. We are among some evil times. And God is giving us this opportunity to be a light in the darkness. If we behave wisely, we'll make the most of it. We have to do it. These days are evil. Because this isn't a game. Heaven is real and hell is hot and people are going there. That's the truth. That's what my Bible says. I'm, I'm not here to, to make you feel bad or to shame you in any way. It's just what the Bible says. Jesus paid you the penalty for your sins so that you don't have to go to hell. The people that are going to hell are people that decided to pay for their sins for eternity. That's their choice. Now let me be clear that, that what I'm talking about here is not about making our church bigger. It's about the opportunity that we have to reach God's lost kids, to touch God's heart by getting in touch with what he wants for them. And Kairos, this Kairos that is speaking in this verse is a passing instant when an opening appears which must be driven through with force if success is to be achieved. When you say drive on, pastor, lead the way. No, 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 look, I'm asking you to drive on with me. I'm asking you to get in motion, to go with me, to take some steps along this journey. My job as a pastor is not necessarily just to drive on and be the only one to go while you watch me far behind. My job is to help clarify those steps as we get into movement, is to make it easy, obvious, and intentional so that you understand where we're going and how we're going to get there. That's my job, to make sense of this opportune moment of favor that God will use us to make a difference. In these days. So here they are. If you're taking notes, here's these four things that, that, that I'm going to give them to you really quick. 
And they're intentionally verbs. Why? Because I want to put you in motion today. I want to put you in motion as we follow after Jesus. In fact, that's the very first one. It's the word follow. Do you know if you look in your Bible, Jesus isn't looking for believers. He never said, I'm looking for people to believe in me. That's not what Jesus said at all. What he said was, I'm looking for followers. I'm looking for people who will follow me. Not just believers, because honestly, the devil believes in God, but I don't think he's going to heaven. I'm pretty sure he's not. Jesus said, I'm looking for followers. Look at Mark 8, 34. He says, then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, not believer, follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Boy, we don't like that, do we? Take up your cross. That doesn't sound comfortable. And follow me. This is what Jesus is asking for. He's asking for us to follow him wherever he goes. Whatever he says. He's the boss. He's the guy in charge. Saying that Jesus is Lord, we, we think of this within the terms of like medieval times, Lord, you know. And, but I think we really need to understand it in a modern context. In, in El Salvador, we were to say that somebody was El Jefe. It means that they are the boss. Well, Jesus is Lord means Jesus is the boss. It's whatever he does is what we do. We follow him. And one of the things that Jesus did when, when he said, if you're going to follow me, the very first thing I want you to do is get baptized. I want you to get baptized. And that's what a bunch of people are here to do today, is to get baptized, to follow him. Jesus said, I want you to do it so much, I'm going to get baptized. So Jesus was fully man and fully God all at the same time. And it's an incredible mystery. We can't understand it. He didn't need to be baptized, but he wanted you to do it so bad that he set the model. and said, I'm going to get baptized, and so I want you to do it. And there's a bunch of people here that are going to do that today. In fact, this is your moment. If you're getting baptized, would you please exit out the back? You'll meet Ryan. He is waiting for you and will help you prepare. All 14 or 15 of you. Come on, man. That's incredible to me. Half this auditorium is getting ready to empty out. <laughs> but Jesus has called us to follow to let him be in charge. And this is where our relationship begins. Everything begins right here, submitting to him, being the boss. The second thing, the second verb for you today, after we follow, is to connect. Look, before God does anything great in your life, he's going to connect you. Connections are the key to your personal success in every area of your life. You understand that, right? How many of you have ever had a job you didn't deserve, right? Like, I mean, your resume didn't stack up. You didn't have the job experience. You didn't have the college degree, but you got that job anyway. Anybody out there? I've had a few jobs like that because you learned what I know. It's not what you know. It is who you know. It's connections. It's the same thing in your relationships with your family. When your family is connected, you do more together. When you have synergy on the job with your coworkers and your boss, and there's this amazing connection, what happens? More happens. You get more done. Profit margins go through the roof. Creativity abounds. Workplace environments are incredible. What happens? Or what, what does that rely on? Connection. It's connection, and you need to get connected because it's the same with the body of Christ. You can't be a bunch of parts just kind of laying everywhere. God describes his church as a body. Some of you people push back, and you go, well, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower, but I don't go to a church anywhere. Well, then you are disconnected from God's body. You just want to hang out and be a finger laying over there on the side of the stage. Let me tell you something. That's gross. Well, hold on. Go with me here. Look at this finger. It's the nice finger. Look at this finger. Does this look disgusting to you? No. Yes, I will hurt you. <laughs> this doesn't look disgusting to you. 
sever it off and throw it on the side of the stage. Disgusting, yes or no? We don't get to be by ourselves. We need to be connected to God's body. We all play a role in this church. And even if Simple Church is not going to be your home church, let me tell you something, you need to get connected to a church. I don't care if it's not here. I want you connected somewhere. You need to be connected to what's going on. You need to go from being a casual attender to being a member, or we call it here, a partner of our church. You need to go from somebody who's just simply consuming to somebody who's contributing. You need to get connected. Why? Well, here's what it says in Ecclesiastes 4. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. In other words, we can do more for the kingdom of God together than we can by ourselves. Are we doing all right by ourselves? Absolutely. Will we do better with you? Yes, we would. That's why we want you and need you. We can make an incredible impact in this world with you. The verse continues on. It says, if one falls down. Let me just put it on pause for a second. It says, if one falls down. Look, we're all going to fall. Every single one of you, you're going to falter or fall in some area of your life. You say, my God, pastor, be positive. I am positive. Positive, you're going to fall. It's going to happen. And if you aren't connected with people, then the next part of this verse can't happen for you. You won't have somebody to pick you up, and that would be a pity. You need to be connected so that when you do falter, when you do fall, you have somebody to love you. Some of you are here today, you've been pushed out of a church. Maybe you've been kicked out of one. Let me let you know something, you are welcome here. If you have faltered along the way, we wanna pick you up and love you back to health because that's what we do here as a church. We wanna love you, you're welcome here. We're all just in the same hospital you've got at. We've just been here a little longer than you, that's all. We're all in the same place, so come on, join us. You are welcome here. The verse continues on, it says, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. That's why you need to be connected. Don't do it alone. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That's why we want you connected. That's why we have Sunday morning services here. That's why we wear name tags. It's easy to connect. It's also why we have our grow groups. It's easy for you to connect in grow groups. Man, you get around people. They get to know your story. They get to know who you are. They can hold you accountable. They can love you. They can pick you up when you fall. We need you in a grow group. We want you in a grow group. We want you to lead a grow group. We have, we have grow groups that are based on activities. People, we got a Pokemon grow group right now, right? People go, go out and they play Pokemon together. That's what they do. But they love each other. They love each other and support each other. We've got all kinds of groups, study groups, activity groups, whatever. You need to be in a group. You need to be connected so that you've got that kind of connection. Get in a group. You say, well, Aaron, some of your groups are coming to an end. That's right, we do everything in seasons. Our groups are coming to an end here by the end of November. Some of the activity-based ones you can still jump in on right now, but they'll come to an end in November. We'll do nothing during December and January and launch them again in February. But until then, find a way to be in a group. Be a part of what we're doing. Get in a group. What's amazing is that going forward, you can learn more about being a partner or a member here at our church and our grow groups by jumping into Growth Track. You can learn how to do that right there. Be a part of it. So follow Jesus, get close to him, then connect with his body, and then the third thing is to, to, to discover. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Why? Well, it's the best thing in the world to discover your purpose. Some of you push back a little bit and say, I don't have a purpose. I'm here by mistake. My parents even told me so. They didn't plan me. Look, let me tell you something. That's their story. That's their story about you, not God's story for you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. Look what David says 
In the book of Psalm 139, verse 13, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. What is David saying? He's saying, hey, you did this intentionally. You put me together. You grabbed some of this temperament. You grabbed some of those gifts and some of those talents. And you put them all inside of me when I was in my mother's womb. You did this intentionally. You had a plan for me so that when I was here during this specific time on the planet, that I would be used to do something for your glory. You have a plan and a purpose for me. He continues on and says, so I'll praise you. Why is he praising? Praise is, is like a busting forth of thankfulness, right? I'll praise you. I'm so excited about what you're doing, so I'll praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David knew that he was made for a purpose, and he was confident in that. He said, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In other words, did you know that God's got a book in his library that has your life that has been written from beginning to end before you ever took a breath on this earth? Isn't that something? God has a plan for you. You're not an accident. And you need to discover your purpose. We want you to discover your uniqueness. We want you to discover how God made you. And Growth Track will help you do that. It'll show you what your gifts are and what you were made to do. And then once you discover your purpose, you can do the last step. And the last thing that I'm going to give you today is, and it will bring you the most joy. When you see it, you're going to be like, nah, that ain't for me. But look, let me tell you, this is it. This is it. This is where you'll find the most joy. Scripturally, it's true. And it's the last verb. It's serve. It's to serve. Some people push back, like, ah, I'm not up for the work, or I don't want to do that. I don't have time for that. I can't commit to that. But look, if you ask the people who are serving, they are the happiest people in the world because they are serving. They have the most joy when they serve, when they do things in life that help make a difference in other people's lives. Go ask a kid's worker today. Yes, they'll tell you little Johnny was a little excited. Yes, they'll tell you that it was hectic that day. However, they will tell you that they are pumped because not only did they get to invest in little Johnny's life, but they got to invest in yours. Because if you've got a kid back there in kids ministry today, that means you were able to be in here so that you could know God. Look, let me tell you, this is an important thing. The happiest people on the planet are the people who do something that makes a difference. Look at this verse. 1 Peter 4.10, and I'm closing. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. He said various forms. See, there are some of you out there that have the loud gift of gab like I do and can stand up here on the stage. There's others of you, you don't have that gift, man. That scares you to death to be up in front of people, and so you'd rather serve God quietly, maybe on the soundboard or on the lighting board. Others of you have a gift of serving with kids. Others of you just love to work in the cafe and greet people and caffeinate them so that they stay awake during service. I mean, you've got a gift. Others of you, you've got a gift for, for running the parking lot, being on the parking team. You say, what parking team? That's exactly my point. You've got a gift for running that thing, and ain't nobody out there running it. How awesome would it be to know that there's a spot closer up? You know what I'm saying when you come here, second service? And all second service people said, hey, man, wouldn't that be nice? We need a parking team. Huh. I need you to get this. All of our gifts vary per person. You fit here in this church in a specific way. Because I believe if you get this, it'll change your life. Look at this. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. But God says, yes, this is for my glory. I want you to show that you're a disciple by living out this life, by making a difference in people's lives. I want that for you. Yes, it does give me glory when you do this. People will know you're my disciples. But the biggest thing here 
is that you will have the greatest joy in your life because you're doing it. Because you've discovered your purpose, because you are making a difference. There are those of you here today, you feel a void in your life and you've been trying to fill it. You've been trying to fill it with money. You've been trying to fill it with some success. You've been trying to fill it with, with a career, with a job, with relationships. That boy, that girl, you're trying to been filling it. You've been trying to fill it over and over again. But it remains empty. Look, Jesus is the only thing that was made to fill that hole. And you need to know that God wants you here. Your life will be filled when you know why you're here on this planet and you do something that makes a difference. Look, I'm challenging you to test it. What do you have to lose? Give me four weeks in the growth track. Prove me wrong, please. Prove me wrong and see if when you connect to God's spiritual journey for you, tell me, tell me that it's not the most satisfying thing you've ever been a part of. Tell me that you won't have joy that you've never known before. Prove me wrong. I'm here to tell you that you, you have everything to gain by this spiritual journey of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. How? By following, by connecting, by discovering, and by serving. This is your journey. This is where we're going in 2017, and I'm pumped. I'm excited for us. Because what will our church look like? No, forget that. What will our community look like as a church of people who are on this journey? full of life and full of joy that God wants for us? What will it look like when we begin to invite other people into that journey and they begin to experience it and they invite other people into it? Come on, people. This is what I'm talking about. This is what God wants. He wants his house full. We have to stop offering people empty experiences when they come to our churches. It's time. And there's so many people coming in today because they're here to watch you guys get baptized. I'm gonna go ahead and pray at this point. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this, this opportune moment in time. Lord, to love you, to worship you, to know you, to find freedom, to know that you have a purpose for our lives and the opportunity to make a difference. Lord, in these dark times, we thank you for this. We pray that we, as a church, would act with wisdom, as we move forward. Help us, God. Help us to see clearly the steps you have lined out for us. Lord, give us all that we need as a body to accomplish this, Lord, to see your lost kids come in and to connect them with this spiritual journey once they get here. Help us do it, Lord. As we continue to pray, I'm just gonna say, if you're here today and you're not on a spiritual journey, you've not followed Jesus You've never made him Lord of your life, or maybe you have, and you've walked away from that experience. Maybe, maybe you were offended by something in the past, and it just pushed you away. I know what that's like. I've been there. Maybe some, some church person did something stupid that turned you off to the idea of God. But look, let me tell you something. This, this is more than that, what I'm talking about today. This is a relationship with God. He wants you to know him. And this is the first step in your journey. If you want to know God, it begins with acknowledging the way that he said to get to him, which is his son, Jesus begins by acknowledging him and asking him to be Lord of the life of your life. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you've got it all together, that you know what this journey is even going to look like. What it means is that you are ready to embrace and accept the fact that Jesus is Lord, he's the boss, and you are not. And if you're ready for that, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to be counted in on that, I just want you to shoot your hand up right now. Keep your hand, keep, everybody's keeping their heads down. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'm going to pray that prayer. And if you want to be included in on that prayer, 
just let me know. Just put your hand up in the air right now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching by Periscope live this morning or if you're listening through the podcast, I want to give you an opportunity to join us because God is big. He's bigger than this room. He's bigger than this church, and he will meet you right where you're at, no matter where you're at. Just pray this prayer with us. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came to this earth, that you died for my sins, that you rose from the dead three days later, and you did all this in an incredible expression of love for me, so I could be made brand new. So forgive me, Jesus. Make me brand new. Help me to know God. Help me follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name.